When your money's on the line, choose a trusted sportsbook that gives you tools to win, like my bookie. And my bookie doesn't matter if your team's up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use my bookie for daily odds boost, same game parlays. I like teasers. And take advantage of the huge prize pool contest. Plus, my bookie currently has a no strings attached cash bonus that lets you deposit, withdraw, Quick, carries a one-time rollover, can't find that anywhere else. Just use promo code 49ers, 49ERS, or scan the QR code on this video right next to my face here to claim your own cash deposit bonus now. That's promo code 49ers. So try my money uh, money bag. Uh, you basically roll the dice, and it picks a team and gives you extraordinary extraordinary odds on who's going to win the Super Bowl. Um, lots of fun options there, so bet anything, anytime, anywhere, and I do mean anywhere, wherever you are, you can bet with my bookie. Just make sure you use the promo code 49ERS, and let's go. Let's make some money together. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the 49 Carrots Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carrots Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Wednesday, October 11th, and last week it was Dallas week. This week, it's Make Fun of Dallas Week, which is arguably way, way better. Uh, joining me to talk about this awesome 49ers team that's making every opponent look straight up silly through the first five weeks of the season is John Chapman and Wayne Breezy. What's going on, guys? We here, baby. <laughs> look, we here. We destroyed Dallas, and I'm ready to destroy the Browns. Like, that's that. I'm just ready to destroy every team on this freaking you know season like that's that's what it comes down to the Niners are looking good they're looking hot and still I don't think that they're in their stride yet like I said they, they're gearing up after the buy is going to be on and popping 
Yeah. And one of the things I really, really like is, you know, you always get scared of like trap games and with the Niners just blowing everybody out. It's like, oh, could this be one where maybe whatever? But then you look at the Browns and their defense and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, we thought the Cowboys defense was. That's what the Browns defense is. And so there, there's still some things that the Niners can go out and prove. Um, there's still some, you know, Miles Garrett, is he better than Nick Bosa, all that kind of talk and whatever else. So there's still a lot of take um, here. So the Niners got something to go fight for. Yeah, I'm glad you guys all mentioned that because that's definitely something we'll be talking about today. One, how good they're looking. Have they hit that stride? Can they keep it rolling? And also this Browns defense definitely going to be a big test for the 49ers. So we'll get into all of that. But really quickly, I just wanted to talk about this. And I know a lot of people who you know, are on social media or on Twitter have probably already seen it, but I figure, hey, it's fun to include it again because George Kittle had Micah Parsons feeling some type of way after uh, he wore that F Dallas t-shirt and showing it off on the field for Sunday's game after scoring three tutties. Um, And and I think what I want to talk about is Debo's response because that's probably the best part of it all. He was on Kay Adams' show as he is weekly every Tuesday. And he had this in response. My guy, but I'm going to say this. Laugh now, cry later. You got something for that. Just trust. If we see them again, just trust. And we're going to put it just like that. I ain't going to put too much on it. You're going to make it personal. We can make it personal. Hey, uh, How you know, personal it was already, is it? It was already personal before the game started. Now, um, 42 to 10, I don't think you like want to see us again. It might be a little bit worse. <laughs> He could have stopped it right there. He's Michael. I, he's not. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> not. He's he's not joking. I mean, he's oh he's serious. <laughs> the the 49ers only needed three quarters, pretty much, to to lay 42 points on their dome. And should have yeah, been 49, it, but uh, right? They could have they could have gotten one more. Could have been 49. That would have been great. But all that to say. I, I don't know what Michael Parsons is on because it wasn't even like the most ridiculous thing that he said after the game. He also said, uh, I don't think the 49ers are at a higher level than us. I think we're the same caliber team, same talent, same standards. I just feel like we need to reconsider and fix some things. The score doesn't really show what happened out there. He's um, right, but in a worse <laughs> way than he thinks. Yeah, score, it should have been sh- worse. That's true. We That's have true. I mean, out there. Like maybe if the score was closer, you could say something like that. Like, oh, we like we just beat ourselves kind of thing. But this was a generational beatdown. 32 points. I'm pretty sure I saw that was like the biggest loss in the history of these two teams playing uh or at least like within the rivalry so i don't know what planet of delulu uh you know micah parsons is living on right now but he needs to come back down to earth yeah i think parsons basically should have took accountability here right you're a leader on this team he probably should have replaced everything with we and said i like because he gets beat up every single game he's a non-factor every time he plays the 49ers is just a terrible matchup for him because of his size his speed doesn't help him in this game because the 49ers are hitting him with missiles from every angle and he just can't react to the missiles that are coming at him great player he's a generational talent i love micah parsons i think he's one of the best football players in the league until he plays the 49ers he becomes one of the worst football players in the league and then when you come out there and you say something like this is like micah you got your butt 
whipped, bro. Like literally, like you got your ass handed to you. Maybe say, maybe say something a little different. I can't imagine what the locker room is like. Uh, the only thing I can feel is Parsons feels like that his team is better than what they showcased out there maybe he could have started with that and then took it back to say hey man i gotta be better i gotta do this i gotta do this i gotta do this but it's gonna be impossible because as long as trent williams is playing it's never gonna happen bro never he handled them with ease and, and you know it's like the old uh attitude reflect leadership sir right <laughs> uh, from uh, remember the titans absolutely he's just falling in line with the last three losses from the cowboys they get beat because they don't know how to manage the clock right Dak gets up there and like no we did everything right it was the refs it was the refs next year they go out there they get beat because again they don't know how to game manage things what do they do nobody takes responsibility they fire the best offensive coach they have and try to move on with mccarthy who doesn't know what the hell he's doing and then this year guess what your defense gets whooped why not just replicate the process jerry jones ain't going to take responsibility mccarthy ain't Dak sure as hell isn't this is who the cowboys are they are front runners and all they're going to do is dispel blame because they don't want to look at me what did micah say all i do is set the edge i don't know what the other yeah. guys are doing man we Crazy. ran right at your face right at your face that's that accountability like yeah, if, that's, that he was can't he, he said that. Yeah, I mean and, and you can tell like like if he is a leader, he's still I mean, I know it's his third year in the league. I know he's still young and maybe putting captain on his chest if he wears it, I don't, don't pay him any attention, but maybe he's not in that role yet because that's not what captains or leaders do. They don't they don't throw their teams under the bus. They take accountability. Yeah, I 100% agree. But in all seriousness, as fun as it is to, you know, make fun of the Cowboys, I'm done talking about them. Wow. Oh, it's a lot of fun. And I've spent, you know, the last three days doing it. Uh, but I'm I'm done. Uh, we might not even have to talk about them again this season. They need to worry about if they're going to make the playoffs or not this year. Yeah, that's what that's that's their reality right now. Um, but I want to talk about the 49ers because they deserve all the talk all the recognition and uh, based on what they're doing so far, it's a historic start for them. And I just want to throw up a little bit of some nuggets here. Just some of the streaks that they have going on right now. Shout out Nick Wagner. He always has some great uh, threads on Twitter about 49ers. But anyway, they got 15 consecutive regular season wins. That's tied for the franchise record. Christian McCaffrey, as we know, he has 14 straight games Gosh. with a touchdown. That is including uh, the playoffs. That There's only a handful of guys who have been able to get to this point. He's tied for third all-time there. In fact, on Sunday's game, he tied Emmett Smith. So we, we love that for him. And they have eight consecutive games with at least 30 points. That's a franchise record, fifth all-time in the NFL and 10 consecutive regular season wins by Brock Purdy to start his young career. This is awesome. I mean, this is this just tells you everything that the 49ers are doing, and it isn't just one guy. It isn't just Christian McCaffrey, right? It's Brock Purdy. It's the entire team. Uh, I mean, there's, there's not enough things that you can say about what they're doing right now. It's like, are you not entertained with the 49ers? It's just week five. It is week five, and this is what we're talking about. Um, you know, some teams will start hot and eventually they will taper off. You know, I remember the Vikings uh, last season, but I also feel like the Vikings were frauds. That's another story. And the 49ers have kind of been on the opposite end of the spectrum those times where 
they'll start slow or they'll just come alive in the second half of the season. How are you guys feeling right now? Are you guys, I don't want to say worried, um, but like, do you feel that what we're seeing right now will eventually like, you know, taper off or level off a little bit or can they really keep this going all season? Yeah. I mean, the Niners are hot and I think it starts at top at the top. And before you even get to the players, I mean, I think this is Kyle. This has been Kyle Shanahan's plan for years. It's been set, and it was always just getting the right players into the right place at the right time. And so now, when you get a quarterback like Brock Purdy, someone that you know Kyle doesn't ne not necessarily have to mold, right? He's already this, 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 this sculptured figure, and now it's just chiseling, right? Like it's just it's just little things, the fine details that you're trying to get Brock Purdy into, and each and every game when there's a different defensive game plan coming at him he's finding a way to ace the test and what do i mean by acing the test i mean the kid is going out and getting his team into position to score 30 points like every game like that's i i think literally in the locker room that's a goal guys we getting to 30 today we getting to 30 today we getting to 30 today like like that right there they're like yo we get to 30 we don't lose like, that's a crazy-ass team locker room goal. Yo, 30, we don't lose. And before they even got to 30 in the Dallas Cowboy game, and I know you don't want to talk about it, but before they even got to 30 points in that game, I guarantee you they felt like they had that game in the bag. Like, so, like, the Niners are on this crazy trajectory. I don't think they're de necessarily paying attention to all the historical, uh, you know, accolades or, or, or milestones that they can get, but they're there, and I'm sure that they talk about it. It's mentioned. But I think they just go out there and play for one another, period. And you hear it. You heard Fred Warner in the huddle pregame. You saw Danny Gray with no equipment on, locked in, like, like he was one of the links in the chain, right? You, you, you see these players literally playing for each other week in and week out. And I think right there is the most scariest thing or the most dangerous thing. And I'm not saying no other team does it, but the 49ers are doing it. They're proving it. And they go out each and every week and continue to make strides. Even when they look weak, they're still strong. That's crazy. And that's that weakest link part, right? Who's the weakest link? Well, if it's this player, no worry. We're still tied together. We're going to make sure that we bond that weak link. We take over and we stay strong. And they find ways to win. They find ways to come, um, uh, act, you know, get over the adversity and things like that. So the 49ers are just too hot to trot. And I just don't see how anyone is going to be if the because it starts with the coach when mm -hmm. you see kyle shanahan grinning and smiling with the grinch smile like uh-huh you thought you had me on that one nah son i got you this one's in the bag even the trickery play in the bag mm -hmm. and you heard richard sherman talk about hey man that was the trey special that was you think about it that's a trey lance play he's throwing that post down there and richard sherman talked about it but they added a little wrinkle because they felt like hey dallas knew and that's what they played they played the post next thing you know george kittle boom 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 underneath bam outruns everybody boom touchdown on that play so look it's so amazing to watch this team week in and week out and i think the faithful finally are in that comfort zone and i think we're at the point like we don't even care if we lose or when we lose the team looks freaking amazing and I, I think that's all we care about at this point prize picks is america's number one fantasy sports app with more than five million members it's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. You just pick more or less on two or more players, and you get a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. 
It's got quick withdrawals, easy game playing, and an enormous selection of players and stat types that makes Prize Picks the number one fantasy sports app. I made my first $10 deposit and received an instant $10 bonus. If you have the skills, you play for a shot of turning your $10 all the way into $1,000. Here's what's great, too. It's available in over 30 states, including California, Texas, and Georgia. So all you got to do, especially during playoff basketball time, you just pick two players, Anthony Edwards for more or less than 29 points. You got Luca more or less than 32 points. However you see it, you just pick two and you can get paid. So download the app today and use 49ers for a first deposit match above of up to $100. Again, download prize picks today. Use code 49ERS for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, they're in a different space than everybody else. Uh, ben Baldwin put out a graphic where <clears throat> the NFL against, you know, every single team against an average opponent on a neutral site, what the average spread would be. The 49ers were one, of course, 8.8 points. That's what they're favored against just an average opponent. You look at it this week, traveling to Cleveland after a bye week, still favored by six points, which says one Cleveland's below average, which they're two and two. They have a great defense. Their quarterback's a mess. They lost Nick Chubb, whatever else. But at some point, the Niners, I hate to say this, are going to lose a game. They're, they're not going to go 17 and 0 and then 3 and 0 in the playoffs and Super Bowl. Like that's just probably not going to happen because the NFL, the ball bounces your way sometimes. Being the best where the Niners are now, you got to target. Every single team is going to play their best game against you, not the Cowboys because they're soft, but everybody else is trying to bring their A game, all the punches, trick plays, everything else. And so for that, the Niners are in control. There's no doubt about it. Do I think the Niners are going to win three games this year? I don't think they will. They're totally a, a, a cut above anybody else in the NFL currently. Now, having said that, you do have that three-week stretch that will determine everything in the NFC when you've got Seattle, Eagles, Seattle, back-to-back-to-back weeks. So as long as you could continue to build that cushion up to that point, 
the rest is just details, kind of like what Wayne said. Yeah, and and I don't think I'm talking about dropping a game because yeah, I I think I know like this team will eventually like drop one. Um, and I think we're okay with that because I, I think we see what this what level this team is playing at. It's Bingo. bound to happen. Like that's okay. Um, but I just mean like if they start to lose more games than they're winning, or if we see that they're just not at the same level of looking like a Super Bowl winning team. But I, I gotta tell you, like I, I really don't feel like that's in the realm of possibility for the 49ers <laughs> right now, unless like injuries or something happened, right? Like, I think they could keep this up. And I think it's because right now the 49ers are playing with a different purpose. They they know who they are. They know they're a Super Bowl caliber team. And this year, they're really not messing around with their chances of getting there. And not just get there, but get that number one seed. Because I think they saw last year how important that was, getting that home field advantage on the way there is big and like i said they're not trying to mess mess around they don't want to leave any doubt in anyone's minds including themselves that they can do this and so yeah i think injuries would be the only thing that can derail this team and you know we're gonna we're gonna knock on wood really quick and to ensure that it stays that way because you know up to this point we've had some you know good good uh luck i could say and we want that to keep rolling so I also do think that part of the luck with the injury so far is because we're not seeing hospital balls from the quarterback. I'm going to just say that. But uh, <laughs> I had one additional nugget to share on this team. All right. The 49ers are the only team this year with positive DVOA in every game. And, you know, I, I know Wayne, John, you guys all know like what DVOA is, but for the viewers who maybe don't, um, that pretty much means defense adjusted value over average it's just a way of measuring a team's success compared to the league average so if you see it as a percentage if it's a positive percentage that means how much percentage they are uh, better than the league average if it's negative that means that's how much worse they are than the league average so in their first five games the 49ers are positive dvoa in each one not only are they positive, they are over 25% DVOA in all of their first five games. That's part of the reason that their average margin of victory right now is 19.8 points, right? And they're giving everybody a beatdown right now. Equal opportunity ass kickings from this team. And their DVOA metrics through five weeks, overall, their first, their offense is second, Defense, seventh, special teams, ninth. Only team in the NFL with a top 10 unit in all three phases of the game. The team's just on fire. Like yeah. The numbers don't lie. I know we do, but numbers don't. And you see it week in and week out, right? And so, like, what's going to happen this weekend? Well, we're going to face a tougher opponent. But this is the cool thing, right? We're going to face a tougher defense. Let me start by that. But no one's talking about how bad their offense is and how great our defense is. And so if their defense is on the field 95% of the time, I guarantee you their defense won't remain number one, right? And they're number one, obviously they had the bye week. I'm probably kind of want to see what it would be like if they had played five games, would they be under the Niners or whatnot? They have a crazy inferior pass rush, but I feel like the Niners are going to go out there this weekend, adjust, adjust, adjust. And that is what we're not measuring. We're not talking about the adjustments. I guarantee you week three 
uh, the Niners weren't preparing for the blitz. Like, I don't think they thought that the Giants were going to send the kitchen sink 85% of the time. I just don't think they did. But my point is they're finding ways to adjust, and it starts with the head coach. It starts with – then it goes down to the quarterback and Brock Purdy and him being able to make the adjustments on the fly. We talk about it each and every week right here on the Steph and John and Wayne show. He's just an on-the-fly type of person. He's an ad-lib type of person. And so because of that ability, I feel like the Niners' chances and all those statistics that you just talked about, that's why they remain high. That's why our chances of winning remain high. It's because we have the ability to adjust. You take away Christian McCaffrey, meaning he gets 50 yards in a game. Cool, no problem. We'll just throw it to this guy because you don't have anybody to match up against George Kittle because he's just better than your whole damn secondary. So, like, at the end of the day, like, they just figure out ways to find the wrinkle and take advantage or, you know, exploit it or take, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. That's what they what do. What are you going to give us? We'll take that because we have assets everywhere. And if you want to take this player away, cool. It's going to be a Debo game. Oh, you want to take that away? Cool. That's going to be an IU game. Oh, you can't stop everything? Jordan Mason just comes and punches you in the face. And Steph, you talked about we beat teams by more than 19 points a game. 11 teams in the NFL don't even average 19 points a game scored. One of those teams is the Cleveland Browns. We, we beat teams by more than they score per week. Wow. And their quarterback and running backs out. Like, it's just not fair at this point. In the salary cap era, this isn't supposed to happen. But the Niners have gotten people to buy in. And people like Kittle restructure for no money up front. Eric Man Armstead Williams. restructure, mm -hmm. no money up front. You even got retired players, and I know nobody wants to hear this name, but you got people like D. Ford three years ago to restructure for no money up front, even though he's done in the NFL just so you can keep Trent Williams. And I know people want to like bad talk D because he was always injured. We don't have Trent Williams right now if D wasn't unselfish three years ago. And so the culture – you know, Wayne said, starts with the head coach, whether that's player adjustments or keeping players around this system. It's just different. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I, I want to take a second here to shift over to Brock Purdy, because I think a lot of what's happening on offense is due to, you know, some of the things that he's doing on the field and how he's operating this offense right now. He continues to silence the doubters and the doubters keep trying to move the goalposts. Oh, but if it was Mac Jones in this offense, he'd be doing the same thing. No, he would not. Oh, but we haven't seen him play from behind. We have. You just didn't notice because it hasn't lasted very long. The, the 49ers have only played from behind for one minute and 45 seconds this season. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's not he even a commercial the, break. <laughs> he, and, right, he and the 49ers defense are so good. They don't need to play from behind. Are we really going to hold that against him now? Like, come on, people. Another week of very impressive throws from Brock Purdy. Big boy throws. And it was nationally televised. And I love that because we need more people seeing what Brock is doing. He isn't just the system quarterback. He isn't just, you know, product of Kyle Shanahan and the weapons that he has around him. It certainly helps. But if you look at what he's doing on the field, he's doing 
way more than that. And I say it, I'm a broken record. He is raising the ceiling of this offense, and it's because of what he's able to do so far. And I, I want to throw this up here, too. This is our weekly Brock Purdy update. Shout out Al Sacco. Um, oh, he's awesome. Right now, passer rating first at 123.1. Quarterback rating, 83.7, also first. In, no interceptions still, right? Uh, touchdown passes. He has nine. That's tied for seventh in the league. Yards per attempt this season. He is 9.3. That ranks second in the league. Yards overall, 1,271. That ranks eighth among quarterbacks. Completion percentage, 72.1%. That's good for second in the league. And I want to ask you guys, is it time to put Brock Purdy in the MVP conversation? Yeah, I mean, he already is. Uh, yeah. It's going to come down to voters. Uh, and I think you you said something uh, a couple of minutes ago, like, you know, playing in prime time and doing it in prime time, which will allow the majority to see you play. Now, I feel like if you're in this football world or if you're in the world of voting, you should already know. You should be watching every single game and knowing exactly who Brock Purdy is and what Brock Purdy's abilities and he's capable of doing out there week in and week out. But how can you not talk about Brock Purdy being in the MVP conversation? And possibly he should be leading the MVP MVP conversation, whether his stats are all number ones or not. That shouldn't matter because when you look at the end of the day, and I know it's an individual vote, but you have to look at the team. Like, where's the team? Oh, first, they first, they first, tie first, right? Five and no. So, like, that should help as well. And, you know, we talk about how great, you know, you know our 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 weapons are Christian McCaffrey. These guys. Has anybody else watched all twenty two like we have and watched finally see a quarterback actually throw open the wide receiver? Like not throw it to the wide receiver, but throw it to a spot to where the wide receiver can go get it. I mean, are we not? I mean, I see you put the stuff out, Steph. You know what I'm saying? And like, look at this throw. Like he's throwing it there, and Ayuk's going to get it. Like that's the difference. Like we haven't seen that and forever i mean when we saw it a little bit with jimmy when we had a emmanuel sanders that was a trust thing but we're seeing it a lot now with brock purdy and that again is another scary statistic right that to me that's like oh shoot now he's throwing people open all right last week it was oh my gosh he's throwing the ball down the field now he's throwing down the field and he's throwing people open it's not a 50 50 ball it's still he's seeing zone he says hey i'm throwing it there i'm gonna throw it there i'm gonna get hit in the face but you get there i trust you're gonna get there bam catch and the my favorite throw and i gotta talk about the dallas gang it's the last thing i watched my favorite throw was the two throws back to back mm -hmm. oh we got a holding penalty spencer burford no problem man i'm mad at you but i'm not gonna hold you again it right now we go we'll talk about it after the game tell you what Brent, let's do it again come on this kid is a, a monster like you can't you gotta where's the factor of heart where's the factor of all that so all of that to me goes into the mvp category as well i know that's not a statistic you can you can vote on but brock purdy and i'm not saying it because he's a 49er i'm just saying like he's playing very great football mvp football yeah and 26 million people were watching that beat down and him do whatever he wanted. Oh, there we go. I don't want to leave off those 100,000. Can't leave at the 100,000. <laughs> but he went from seventh MVP odds to fourth. And, you know, he passed Lamar Jackson. He passed Josh Allen. He passed Justin Herbert. He's ahead of those guys now. And he's pretty he's he's pretty close in the top four guys. The, the numbers are similar. Patrick Mahomes, Tua, Jalen Hurts, and Brock Purdy. And the, there's not a big gap there so he's in the conversation now 
but you got to continue. Is he going to have four touchdown games all the time? Yeah. No, but you know, you continue to be consistent. And when Josh Allen fumbles the game away, or when Justin Herbert fumbles the game away, or any of those things, you just it's addition by subtraction because you're consistent. You're not giving the haters anything to take away from you. You are consistently amazing, which Brock has been since he showed up. So yeah, he needs to be in the consideration right now. If the you know award ended right now, I don't think he'd win. But that's who, this is what Brock win? has done at every stage win? of his career. Just show just up. Curious. Who who do you think would win right now if 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 voting started after week five? Just curious. Probably Tua. Yeah, Tua or say. Mahomes. Probably Tua. Yeah, I was gonna say Tua. Mahomes will always be in that conversation, but he doesn't even look the same. I know they're yeah. winning. I know they're finding ways to win, but he's not giving me the MVP status type of a season. But because of who he is and what he continues to do, I get it. But right. Tua would probably be number one. But it's also because he's playing with. He, I'm not going to say he that he lost weapon. two All Stars too. I, he just right. lost two yeah. All Stars. He lost right. his left tackles on IR and Devin A. Chain, the rookie and for Nam. He he's going to IR. So now we're about to see the real Tua. You know what I'm saying? How can he yeah. overcome this type of adversity? And if he does, I can see why he may still be leading. But listen, Brock Purdy should be top three. I don't know why he's four. He should be top three easily. Yeah, I agree. He's literally the most efficient quarterback in football right now by a very, very wide wow. margin. For the YouTube viewers right now, you see uh, early down EPA per play on the what? – what axis is that? Is that a Y or X? I, I don't y know. Y is up. Y is up, yeah. yes. So that's yeah. The early down EPA per play, and you see Brock Purdy's like way ahead on that one. And then on the uh, you said Y is vertical. Mm -hmm. Yes. So on the on the Y axis, you see third down and fourth down EPA per play, and Brock Purdy's way up there, higher than anybody else as well. So, man, this is what I'm saying. Like he's he's operating this offense at a crazy clip better than we've ever seen, and it's it's just exciting, man. I, I'm going to throw out a couple more Brock Purdy nuggets for you. He had an off-target percentage of 4.3% on Sunday. That was the lowest of his young career. He's at 11.5% for the season. That's that's one pass a game. That's all. One pass a game. Yeah, that's what that equates to. Pretty much. And you know what's crazy is, like, he was just coming off a game where he only had one incompletion, and I think I like it's fair to say that on Sunday night, that was probably even more impressive than that game, right? Because just some of the throws that he was making, you consider the defense he was going up against as well. He's still cooking in the intermediate levels of the field. He was five for seven, 105 yards, two touchdowns in the intermediate level. And that's 10 to 19 yards. So he's cooking. He's still cooking in that section. And he has a perfect passer rating of 158.3 in that level as well. So uh, I saw this other thing too, and I'll just, uh, I wasn't able to put it up on a slide, but Peter King was on 95.7 the game. And he said, quote, Kyle Shanahan feels comfortable calling everything with Brock Purdy. When I say everything, I mean the deep throws that maybe people weren't sure he'd be calling a lot of, end quote. And I think we're seeing that too. That's another reason to feel good about not just what the team's doing, but the offense in particular, because we're we're seeing there was one particular play. I think it was like a third and two. He had Debo come open, you know, uh, on a crosser that would have gotten him the first down. 
he hits Juwan Jennings for like a way bigger game. That was my second uh, down favorite the left sideline. Yeah, mm -hmm. and this is what I'm saying. Like, yes, that would have been a positive play Three. had he hit Debo, but he is looking downfield. He is trying to. He's not just trying to do more. He is doing more. And he's doing it, I, I think, at, at an impressive uh, pace right now. And we got to remember, like, he's still a very young quarterback. He's just going to continue to get better. That should be scary for the rest of the league. Man, I, I know. I'm sorry. The whole time you were going through those numbers, like, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, okay, who is this kid? Like, I like <laughs> comps from whenever I do my draft work and stuff. And watching the film, and I know this is probably blasphemy. I don't give a damn. This is primetime Drew Brees. Right now, already that that's well, what Willie Sneed like. has Willie Sneed has compared him to, to Drew Brees, too. Who was he has played with with Brees? So when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He's hey, a little bit more shifty, but yeah. I'm telling the efficiency, the being able to lock down where the man coverage matchup is, the throwing with anticipation. Uh, it's just it. We we've seen this. We have seen this in the past, and it's crazy that he's already there. The kid's 23 years old. I I, th I think the only negative aspects of Brock Purdy would be like his measurables, right? Because I'm just curious to know. Like, if he was a little bit taller, would some of his balls get batted down? Like, like could he see a little bit more over that offensive line? Which isn't massive big, but, like, I think that's the only negative thing I can think about, like, with Brock Purdy. So, he, you saw in the Dallas Cowboy game, he found a way to adjust, right? So, it's not like it, it hindered him. There were a couple of drives that were stalled due to passes batted down. And so that, to me, is something that he'll probably try to figure out how to work on. Will Will Kyle get bootlegs out to the right, out to the left? Will be longer drop back so that he can see things and let things to develop? I don't know. All I know is, to me, that's kind of like his only thing I would ask him to kind of like pay attention to because those those third downs that those balls got batted down were probably going to equate to first downs right like you, if you yeah. just look at the trajectory and how the offense offense was flowing like the 49ers literally which is this is this is the craziest thing and I know I can probably I'm not making it up but I know it didn't happen but the craziest feeling that I had was that the 49ers looked like they they could score on every drive yeah. Like, that's scary. Like, that, to me, is what's so scary. Like, they get the ball. Oh, and remember us back in the day, we were like, oh, please, please win the coin toss. We wanted to yeah. first. Please, please. <laughs> yep. 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You want to win the coin. You can win the coin toss. We'll just put eight, nine, 10, 11 plays together and score a touchdown on you first. Like that is the mindset. And the you said comfort. That is the comfortability. I'm making up my own word. That is the comfort zone of our head coach, Kyle Shanahan. You know why? It's not because Brock or he's just comfortable with Brock. It's because he trusts what Brock sees out there on the football field. Brock's vision, if you go back to Madden, what, 2013, when they had quarterback vision in the game, and if you sucked, it was really skinny. But if you were really good, it's like wide open like the Red Sea. Brock has got that wide open Red Sea vision. And if you're saying he's letting plays develop downfield because he sees the underneath route for the first down, but he sees his guy getting open, beating man coverage, or finding a spot in the zone to sit, how many times did we see wide receivers wide open? Like in a zone, in a spot, and yeah. bro- boom. boom. That's crazy. Yeah. He's, he's I like the Skeevo reference, by the way. Too. Thank you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Wayne, you you mentioned something that I want to touch on really quickly because you you pointed out the fact that, okay, you want to win the coin toss, fine. That was probably one of my favorite parts of the game on Sunday, the fact that the Cowboys won the toss and they were like, we're going to have their offense go first because in their minds they're like, "Our, our defense, we like that matchup like all day, right? And what did the 49ers offense do? They marched down the field and they scored immediately. The game was never the same from that point on because, you know, the Cowboys at that point had to play from behind the rest of the game. And that opened things up for the defense, right? Halftime here. I want to, you know, check on some of these comments here. David V, shout out for being a member. I think this is John's channel, right? Uh, CC, that's you. What is the CC uh, stand yeah. for? Countdown Hashtag crew. Countdown Crew. Yeah, yeah, that's countdown what we do. We do a bunch crew. of giveaways, okay. which, yeah, thank you, David. You are incredible, my friend. It's 951 in the house. Ooh, I don't know what's, I don't know where that is. 951. 951. Yeah, you got to look that one up. I got to figure that out. Hey, the faithful are everywhere, man. You, you find every crevice of the earth. They're going to be there. Uh, this comment from Rory, I had a star because so I was like, you know, this is so true. So the 49ers are boring in the best way because they're just pounding teams. Like lightweight, I'm like, you know, this is kind of like every single week we're just talking about how good this team is. Like, you know, I'm getting kind of tired of it. No, 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 Well, we're uh, so but, used to the heartbreak kids and, yeah, oh, my gosh, that was exhausting. We won. And, and, yeah. Now it's just like, all right, next, next, next. I I, I don't get boring because the moment Sam Darnold came in the game, I was like, please let him throw. Please let him throw. (laughs) I want to see. No, not that throw. It was when he first came in. It was handoff, handoff. Please, please. I want to see Sam do the same things. Like, that's what I want to see. Like, and I was like, dang, yo, because I just wanted 50. I just wanted to get to 50. I don't. I, I wanted to go for it, get a touchdown, go yeah. for two, and just put the stamp, sign, seal, deliver. Because you know what I wanted? And I know we, we destroyed the Cowboys. I literally wanted to take their souls. Like, literally just take their soul, and they will never get it back. Like, they would have to go to hell to get it. And that... I just feel like at this point, like you already got Micah Parsons saying crazy stuff out of his mouth, and I'm sure they're like, what are you talking about? But at the end of the day, like I I just want one time for Kyle Shanahan to just like snatch the soul so that way that team will fear you each and every time they come out there and play you. Maybe that's how, that's what they did, but that's what I was hoping. The for. sad thing is Jerry Jones and souls don't go together. Point um, I'm just point saying. Main. I'm point just going to throw that out there. You get, you get the bell on that. That's a point. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wayne, to your point, too, like you said, this team 
you don't think they've hit their stride yet. I, they could I, be better, right? Can you so, can you imagine? They could come. Can you imagine if again go back to the drives that were stalled due to not? Well, I guess you can credit Dallas defense, right? Because they were able to get those balls batted down. But when did Dallas literally, really? defensively have any type of control over the game i don't even care when the score was 14 7 what did the offense do yeah go back down march down on the field put up another like another seven and go up by 14 at the half knowing dallas was going to get the ball back and then they still took control you go back to the first play of the game what happened McCaffrey for a big game. Then it was an even bigger game because they dumbasses face masters. Second week in a row, he gets face masks, gets the 15 yards, boom, extends the 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 drive. Like it, it's it's just like they're just they're literally out there, not in there to their full stride. I think they're still getting into some type of a rhythm, but it's an it's a, it's an irregular rhythm that we've never seen before because everything they do is working. So like you got heartbeats, you got irregular heartbeats, but you're still living, you're still breathing, you're still healthy, you're still out there making things work, and that's the 49ers. And to to the comment that came up earlier, maybe that's why. It's it's boring, but to me, it's just weird. I just want to see boom, 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 heartbeat one time. And maybe they just slow pace it. They take what's given to them, and then they hit the level. But I felt like, to me, defensively, I know a lot of people were happy about the 42 points. I was more excited about the 10 points given up. And at the end of the day, it probably only should have been three. You can talk about Isaiah Oliver getting beat by by a burner in the end zone uh, in, in the slot. But at the end of the day, like the defense to me were the real stars out there on that football field. Um, and I know you mentioned the face mask for CMC. Callie here asked, do y'all think CMC is getting targeted? I know there were some rumblings that players on the team seem to think that they were trying Chris to take McCaffrey him is getting targeted. Um, and as you mentioned, it's, this is the second week in a row now that he's gotten face masked and I think like some other things. Uh, but I don't know. I don't, I don't I don't know what I think. Like it it wouldn't surprise me just cuz he's that good. That might be any team's chance to win a game if if he's not there, but I I'd, I'd hate to think that's the case. There was an ankle roll in this game and then there was they don't call targeting in the NFL, do they? That's just they a college do. thing. They, they, oh, they, can, they do. But, but they it's don't. not really called, right? Like Yeah, yeah not different. really. Cuz you saw the hit to the helmet. I felt like he was dazed and confused. After that, they gave him the ball the next play. They gave him the ball right on the next play. Come on. <laughs> and I bet you that was Christian McCaffrey. Like, like, give me the ball yeah. back. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But um, he scored a touchdown later. But at the end of the day, like, I just feel like they're trying to take him out. They have to. Like that, you they they feel like if we can take out Christian McCaffrey, we have a chance, but then the team still rushes for 170 yards with the Jordan Mason and the Debo Samuel and and the other and TDP. Like they still find a way to put up a buck seventy. So it's not just Christian McCaffrey. It's the concept of the way the 49ers are trying to run the ball. Yes, Christian McCaffrey's gonna give you the the explosive plays. He's the more he's the best back on the football team, but the 49ers will rush. If they can rush, they will rush on you. It doesn't matter who it is. And they prove yeah, it. I, I you know, whenever teams like prepare for a week, you do a full team meeting and the coaches put a cut up tape together of the opposing team offense defense special teams 
And I don't know. I, I I think I might be in a minority on this one. But if you if I was let's say the Browns and I'm doing a cut up of the 49ers, I'm showing plays of Jawan Jennings, Dre Greenlaw, Hufunga, Fred Warner, who rip people's heads off every damn play and play like they're trying to kill people. And so I put this cut up together. I'm saying, look, guys, you're playing the most physical team in the NFL, maybe in the past decade. This is what is on the horizon. So I'm I'm I don't think that he's being targeted. There might be some players that are, and there might be some teams. There's Sean Payton's in this world, there's Greg Williams in the world. They exist. We understand that. But I don't know. I think we're we were we freaking slamming Tony Pollard out of bounds, which I loved. Like that, I love those things. I want the violence. And so if you're gonna dish it out, you gotta take some. And sadly, that's gonna fall on CMC because you can't do that to Drake Greenlaw and those other guys I mentioned. But I don't know. I, I think the Niners have set the tone. We're going to beat your ass consistently physically. And I think some teams don't know how to respond to that level of physicality. So then they get desperate. And that's what we're seeing. I don't think they're trying to target. I think they're trying to match, but it's just not who they are. That's I, I, Does that make any sense? Or am I a crazy yeah. person? I know I'm a crazy person. Yeah, but. It, it makes all the sense. Um, but, you know, you... <laughs> I don't know. I I don't. I didn't see them play any of the other players like in that particular type of way. Mm -hmm. Like I like, and I'm not saying that the face masking. I I feel like that those are incidental. But when you the the actual targeting call, like the actual hit to the helmet, like mm -hmm. that is what I'm questioning. Like that's what I'm quite. And it was relatively early, right? It was before the second uh fir the, the uh, first half even ended. Was early too. Yeah, yeah, both those were early. So like I'm not saying you're right. I'm not saying that they go out there and target, but I guarantee you their game plan is to take him out by any means necessary, and they're going to be a little bit more rough on the team's most valuable player. Like I guess, <laughs> and so it just so happens that it falls on Christian McCaffrey, but. Like, at the end of the day, like, these teams got to figure out the way to play clean. You don't see us trying to – and that used to be us, right? We used to have yeah. the late hits, like, all that type of stuff, right? And so when you when you mentioned Dre Greenlaw, I mean, like, like the dude's running at least 98-point miles per hour, and whatever happens at the end of the play is going to happen, but he's not coming for your head. He's literally yeah. going to make a tackle. And if you get suplex, power bomb, DDT, that's – that's what's just gonna happen. Like, you know what I mean? Long as it's before out of bounds, we're good. I, and I will I say know. this last thing. Sorry. Tony Pollard quit after that. He was done. Yeah. Done. He didn't want to play anymore. Done. Well, see, John, I'm mad at him you, though. I know you mentioned that uh that hit that Greenlaw had on on Pollard and it's a great segue because I did want to talk about Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw in this one, who they both had tremendous games on Sunday night. Fred Warner had eight tackles, one of them for loss, no missed tackles by Fred, a forced fumble, a sack, an interception. Dre Greenlaw, five tackles, two of those for loss. He was targeted as the nearest defender five times. He only gave up two catches for two yards. He also had a pass breakup. He also had a sack. So these two guys are playing some really good football and they made it so that, you know, Dallas really couldn't get anything going. Like if they were trying to run anything to the outside, good luck. Cause it's not really going far because you have these linebackers who are so freaking fast and they're going to get at everything. And with, Fred and Greenlaw having like such great performances. I've seen a lot of discussion this week about another, you know, 49ers tandem uh, linebacker tandem because, you know, we as 49er fans have been very spoiled with great linebacker play. And, uh, you know, 
they're they're kind of wondering, can we put Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw on the same level as Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman? Now, I, before we we debate that, I just want you know I have some stats for you. Willis, first of all, he played eight seasons. He won Defensive Rookie of the Year in 20, uh, 20, 2007. Oh my God, how do you say that 2007? year? Two thousand seven. Two thousand. I like 2007 better. 2007 sounds so much better, Yellow. <laughs> it just does. Man, I haven't seen that year in a long time. I can't even say it. Um, he was a seven-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro, five first team and once in second team. Bowman, he played seven seasons, three-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, all-first team for him. Um, and so I don't know if they're there yet, but I was looking, I was actually comparing like Patrick Willis and Fred Warner's numbers. And Ooh. I know like, it's so much more than just numbers, right? Like we talk about how you can't always like quantify the impact of a player just based solely on stats, but you know, I'm not going to play like the all 22 of Patrick Willis and Fred side by side here. So just for argument's sake, I just wanted to compare. And so Patrick Willis, like I said, eight seasons, which doesn't even seem like it was that long, right? Mm. Fred Warner's already in his sixth season right now, and it feels like he can go for, you know, a few more right now. So as far as tackles go, Willis had 950 in eight seasons. Fred Warner right now has 731 uh, tackles for loss, 63 for Willis, 37 for Warner. Look at the sacks. Patrick Willis had 20 and a half sacks in eight yeah. seasons. Fred Warner blitz. in his six has eight and a half. It's part yeah, of that yeah. three, four Vangio. Yeah, Vangio, yeah. yeah. And so that's what I'm saying, right? Like, it's, it's so hard to compare two guys, one, because they're playing in two different, like, time periods. Not that, like, 2007 was that long ago, but the position, the linebacker position has changed quite a bit since then. And I think both of these guys are asked to do very different things within their defense as well. And so it's really hard to, you know, compare the two. Uh, but I think it's it's a fun argument because, like, only 49er fans can think, like, oh, is Fred Warner at the level of Patrick Willis? Because, again, we've been so spoiled with great linebacker play. Yeah, I mean, if you just focus on the position, the LB, the linebacker, I would say that Fred Warner is playing at the level of a Patrick Willis. Will he surpass some of these stats? Yes, of course he is. I think Fred Warner, because of the way and the style that he plays the actual position in today's football, has the ability to probably outdo him in tackles. Uh, as far as tackles for loss, that's a little different, right? Because uh, he's more in, uh, he has to play more coverage because today's football is different. So you're going to get a lot of, even in base or nickel, a lot of receivers are going out for passes, and that's kind of like what it is. Was 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 uh, uh, Patrick Willis a good pass coverage linebacker? Yes, he was, but it was all about really taking away the run. You weren't running because that's what teams did. They had bigger running backs, mm -hmm. and those running backs were trying to get, and that's why linebackers looked bigger. They, they were bigger. Yeah. They wore a different style of pads. Everything was different from 2007 to the time Fred Warner enters the league. And the reason why I feel like Fred Warner is playing at that level, because you remember his rookie season, third-round draft pick, dude was thrown into a fire. Now, rem remind you, he was a safety at BYU that converted into a linebacker. So he had the coverage skills. Now he had to learn the linebacking core about stopping the run, doing this, uh, filling the gaps, playing all, all those different type of linebacking intangibles. 
The fact that he was thrown into the fire and he came out this in six seasons, look where he is, best linebacker in football. I feel like he's playing at the level of a Patrick Willis. Again, will he surpass some of these numbers? No. Uh, but if he continues to stay healthy, continues to play at this elite level of football, all pro level, he's definitely going to be the best linebacker from the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I think the one they're different players in the fact that you know, Wayne, you talked about stopping the run and rushing the passer. That was Willis's thing. Mm -hmm. What makes Warner so different is I believe he is the best coverage linebacker of the NFL in history. Brian Urlacher kind of was that guy. He was that guy, yeah. That changed yeah. literally what coverages you can and cannot run from the middle linebacker position. Warner has taken that and elevated it. You can watch him cover one-on-one -on -one against CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Gallup all in one game and win. And win. So, like, that's where Warner is different. Now, Patrick Willis was A1, number one, the second he stepped on the field as a rookie. Bingo. That was what was different. Warner kind of, like you said, hybrid, conversion, finally mm -hmm. got there. But, you know, he's two All-Pros in. This is going to be his third. If Fred plays this season, he's All-Pro. There's All -Pro. nobody in his game. There's nobody in his game. So if you're talking about who was the best linebacker that uh, during that time frame, Patrick Willis, there's no other dispute there. Fred Warner, there is no other dispute there now. Now, how long can Fred carry that over? We know Willis did it for six seasons. You talked about the five All-Pros. He missed his sixth consecutive All-Pro by one vote. One vote. And then he would have already been in the Hall of Fame, but sports writers, whatever, I don't want to get into that one because I want to be nice today. Um, Fred Warner and Patrick Willis belong as far as the top of the linebacker pyramid during their respective periods can warner continue that you look right there at the you know the tackles for lost sacks tackles that's probably not his thing but if you look at the interceptions mm -hmm. you look at the pass deflections he's yeah. going to be above that he's going to far surpass that and it, it feels like fred warner like i said he's in his sixth season and he it seems like he could play several more seasons it, it seems like for patrick willis and bowman like they didn't play that long because like they both kind of dealt with injuries and whatnot again, different kind of era of football and whatnot. So yeah, I think Fred is on his way there for sure. You could definitely make that uh, the comparison, have the discussion right now for, you know, uh, ish and giggles, but you know, it's fun. It's fun. It, it's awesome to have the conversation We're we're lucky to be able to have it. And, you know, let's just en enjoy greatness because, you know, we've seen it before. But let's talk about this Browns game really quickly. I know we've kind of sprinkled uh, some thoughts on it so far, but I'm getting the feeling that the Browns are trying to get the 49ers to prepare for all three of their quarterbacks. Like I know Deshaun Watson, it's been said that like, Oh, like he's probably not going to play. Okay, fine. But the 49ers, they still have to prepare for him, even for that like very slight chance. Then on the other hand, you have uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, who started, uh, was it last week? He started last week. And he's the rookie who was impressive in the preseason, but he didn't look so hot last week. So now they're saying, oh, we're going to start P.J. Walker. Um, the team didn't actually say that, but there were reports that came out that, that's what they're deciding that PJ Walker would play on Sunday if Deshaun Watson cannot go. So again, like you would have to prepare for PJ Walker and Dorian Thompson Robinson too, in case they change their minds somewhere down the line. So I don't know. Do you feel like they're kind of milking this thing for what? Yeah, I mean, th 
it's a possibility, Steph, man. You look at it like the 49ers just need to prepare for some type of mobility from the quarterback position. It doesn't matter which one of those guys go out there and start. They all look like I just wanted to put that out there because we've watched Deshaun Watson. He had one good game, and even in that game, he looked like right he that's the, the the fumble backwards or some crazy like that was his last time he played uh for the cleveland browns then the week after that you get dtr and the rookie out there and so i don't want the 49ers to overlook whether you're playing at the quarterback position just be prepared for mobility pj walker can scramble and run uh so can dtr we watched him do it in the preseason as well as deshaun watson that was one of his attributes uh who can also get the ball down the field but look here's the thing if Deshaun Watson doesn't play like their offense will in my opinion be a non-factor like literally non-factor and I will say this if you guys have play fantasy football this might not be the week you start uh, Amari Cooper because he was terrible as he couldn't do anything with DTR out there on the football field so that's another weapon of theirs that they could take away and as much as I like Jerome Ford I just don't he's not Nick Chubb right so they'll have to try to figure that stuff out. so again you come out with the same blueprint you take away the run you force the quarterback to be one-dimensional uh and you find a way to contain him he's I feel like the Cleveland Browns are going to play somewhat similar offensively like the Arizona Cardinals. I, I think that is what we should be looking forward to when we play the Browns. So the Niners just got to prepare for all three. And it sucks, but it is the way they are. They're built to do so. I think Steve Wilkes has his defense rolling. And I think the Niners will be just fine defensively versus their offense. And I'll say this. How, who would have guessed the Niners would play against P.J. Walker in consecutive seasons? Like, <laughs> Right. And who does? Speaking of P.J. Walker, who knows him better than anybody than Steve Wilkes? That's mm. right, man. That's right. Like get that. the, and, and so I'm not concerned. Their, their offense isn't the issue. The NFL has this as the lowest over-under total point scored oh my game gosh. because are the you defenses serious? are incredible. It, yeah, it's supposed to be like a 21 to 14 type game if mm. you just go off of what – the you know everything like it's supposed to be low scoring it's two dominant defenses but can you stop the 49ers from scoring 30 like that's the thing like if the Niners get to 20 points in this game I don't give a damn who's back there game's over um can the Browns defense stop them from doing this I like that because you said that they don't even average 20 points a game I, I like I like that I remember I said I'll be listening while I'm <laughs> while I'm watching I'll be listening <laughs> Yeah, I mean the it's the Browns offense the reason that they're two and two right now. Otherwise, I think like they could probably be undefeated if they're or are they two and two? No, that's not yeah, possible. they are. They're two and two. And two. They, they two. already had their oh, bye. They had, they had, they had, they had a bye. Week. Week. That's why. That's why. Okay, so yeah, they're two and two, and it's really their offense. Like their defense is really good. So if their offense was any better, they they'd probably have a way better record. But that's that's my point, right? Like if the how good is the Browns' defense? And I think this is the biggest test for the 49ers' offense so far. Way bigger test than the Dallas Cowboys were because, I mean, quite honestly, I don't know how much of a test that really was. And it's an early start time on the East Coast. Yeah, big difference. On the road. Yeah. They got seven-plus days rest. Huge after difference. a very they're dramatic coming off of a Sunday bye. night win. Yep, mm -hmm. they're coming off of a bye. So there's some, there's some things there that, like, but, yes, I'm worried only about the Cleveland defense and the 49ers offense more so than, than I am about the 49ers defense going up against the Browns. And I mean, 
I think naturally, I mean, that's that's the right reaction I think everybody should have. We should be talking about their defense. I mean, it's full of first-round picks, right? Like, at the end yeah. of the day, if they didn't get something right, it had to be the defense. And it starts with Miles Garrett, and then they added uh, Zadarius Smith on the opposite side, and then they got... I, I always mess up his name, Okonraku. I can't, I can't say his name, but then they have this, him. They have that kid <laughs> coming in here doing what he does. But listen, look, their defenses have some type of weakness. I feel like the 49ers will find a way to exploit it. You can still run on this defense, not as much as you could run on Dallas defense, but I think the 49ers are still going to figure that out. They're going to come out with quick screens, quick throws, quick this. Get those linebackers to cover. And I think that's what it is. And I like their linebackers. They got a squad. They, they got a core of really good linebackers. Hey, man, you remember our guy Maurice Hurst? He's out there. He's got a he's got a sack on the season. He's been relatively healthy. He was a 49er, but couldn't be healthy enough to to actually play on the roster. So they're doing some good things. The defense is the one thing you definitely want to worry about. But you know what I like? I I like Brock Purdy, and I like Brandon Ayuk over any cornerback in the league. I like Debo Samuel over any cornerback in the league because I just feel like that is what Brock is going to do. <laughs> He's going to challenge the defense to see how really good they are. No one's mm -hmm. talking about that. So we're saying, well, can the 49ers offense put up against a good defense? Can a good defense stop a good offense? That's my question. Yeah, not just any good offense. This this offense who has Kyle Shanahan calling the plays, scheming things up, and they finally have a quarterback who can run it all i mean yeah one thing about miles garrett really quickly i mean he's lining up mostly on the right side of the defensive formation so Make over the left tackle oh. um yeah over the left tackle which is kind of the same uh, as micah parsons i was actually surprised the cowboys kept micah parsons on trent's side for as much as they did on sunday that seemed kind of counterproductive but i i have to wonder if you know, the Browns are going to do the same with Garrett, keep him on Trent's side or move him a little bit. Uh, John Feliciano might have to start in place of Aaron Banks. That's another thing to, to be mindful of in this one. But also, Randy Gregory, who the 49ers traded for, you know, maybe almost just a week ago now, uh, he he's probably going to play a bit in this game, and that could help the defense potentially. I'm sure they'll ease him in, get, you know, have him there maybe for the obvious passing downs just to get him situated. But uh, wh what do you guys think about this trade? Because I don't think uh, it had happened yet the last time that we had the show. So what do you guys think? Go ahead, John. Yeah, I mean, I just got my Fanatics issued jersey in the mail. Yeah, here, I see my that. Randy Gregory. I, I see that. You know, it's nice. it's, it's, so I'm repping that bad boy. Rare. I think it's huge because Cleveland Farrell and Drake Jackson have fallen off the map yet again. I had three consecutive weeks of, I think, subpar edge play opposite of Nick Bosa. Drake Jackson was incredible week one. The injury, you know, I think he's got to be fine long term. But you have not received good edge play opposite Bosa. Austin Bryan, in fact, who just got called up from the practice squad, played better than Drake Jackson and Cleveland Farrell put together. So you needed depth. That was the number one issue. Isaiah Oliver stepped up. So the nickel position was the weakness. But Isaiah Oliver kind of has answered that question so far. Mm -hmm. It was the defensive end. So you bring in Randy Gregory, and you got him for dirt cheap, man. You did a pick swap for next year. We didn't even give up a pick for him. We literally dropped back in the draft from 6th to 7th round, maybe 20 spots, because we're at the back of the 6th. They're at the front of the 7th. That's simple. We're paying $1 million this year, vet minimum. He has no guarantees the next year's on his deal. This is bottom dollar bargain bin shopping, ladies and gentlemen. And if you get anything, you'll won the damn trade. 
You won the trade. So I think it's just another guy, and if this doesn't pan out, I do expect the Niners to trade again for another defensive end later down the road before oh. the thing. But if this works out, man, absolutely love this move from the front office. And I like it too, right? It's taking a little time to grow on me, and then I had to go back and watch some of his film and say, hey, man, what are his strengths and speed, right? Like So, so now we're getting speed uh, on the opposite side. It's kind of sort of what we had when we had a D4. Not as a tactician as as you know as a d ford but definitely he can give you some speed off the edge he can beat his guy get around them blah 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 uh but i like i like randy gregory and i think being under chris kosarek i think you know him being not not necessarily like fresh but he will be fresh to the 49ers rotation uh will he be the starting opposite nick bosa not sure if this week he'll earn that but i think it's something that he can earn cleveland farrell clearly isn't it and maybe we'll get more out of cleveland farrell if he's not the starter drake jackson clearly isn't it but maybe we can get more out of him if he's not the starter so like you you bring in this kid and randy gregory uh and you find a way to get to be a guy to win his one-on-ones I, I think that's what it comes down to and that's something that he can do uh in the nfl he did it a lot in dallas he didn't do it much in denver and that's probably why they're trying to move on but denver was denver is denver they, they're gonna blame it's anyway he's now a 49er i'm happy that he's here and uh we'll, we'll see what happens but now we're gonna add some speed to the pass rush and i like it mm -hmm. Yeah, I do too. I, I think it's definitely going to help Nick Bosa on the other side uh, get home. Uh, but hopefully the 49ers can end the weekend 6-0, and and I, I think they can, so we move. All right, John, are you going to be out there in, in Cleveland for, for this one? No, I am finally taking a traveling week off, and I'm going to chill, and I'm going to recoup. My liver is going to rest. <laughs> um, it, it's needed. It is needed. But uh, if anybody knows of any parties or tailgates, please pass that on so I can share that with everybody else because I've already got about 50 emails. Hey, where's the party at? Where's the party at? So I'm not sure where that is yet. So if anybody knows, just reach out to me, 40ironsrushpodcast at gmail.com, so I could – you know, send that information out. Always about the community getting together, whether we're there or not. That's what we want to create. For sure. You heard the man. Hit him up. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for spending part of your Wednesday morning with us. As always, make sure you like the video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not yet. Not just mine, but John and Wayne's as well. Their links will be in the description of this video. But for now, folks, have a good rest of your Wednesday. Peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.